0: Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done and what you're going to do today. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Man, how many believe that anything is possible? Amen, we just need our faith to be released. Sometimes uh, our our walls aren't going to come down until we start singing and praising like they're already down. Jericho didn't come down until they started singing and dancing and the victory hadn't even been, hadn't even won. That's why we come here to worship and praise because you never know what's going to happen after people of God start praising him and lifting him up. Amen. Walls can come down. Amen. And del- people delivered. Amen. But we got to be willing to, to, to take the first step of faith. Amen. We can go to the word of the Lord today. Exodus, the, the third chapter. Read verse 9. Uh, through 14. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt. So there we go. Already the the excuses happening. Pharaoh is the great the world leader. Who am I to go before him? It's not about you, Moses. It's about God. It's about God and it's about His people and it's about His will to be done. And He said, "Certainly, I will be with thee. And this is the token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain." And so he's saying here's how you're going to know. You're going to go and you're going to come back. It's going to be months or weeks or however long it is, but you'll be back here in this very mountain with a with a million or so people. You're going to you're going to see me do a mighty work. Moses said unto them behold when I come unto the children of Israel when I say unto them the God of your fathers has sent me unto you they shall say to me what is his name? What shall I say unto them? It's always about a name, isn't it? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me to you. Man, I'm here to preach to you today about I am. Turn to a few people and tell them he is who he is. He is who he is. You may be seated today. Here we are in the early formation of the nation of Israel. They are not officially declared a nation. They haven't declared their independence. Their sovereignty isn't recognized or even been heard about. Because they were just simply Egyptian slaves at this point. Waking up every day to live for somebody else, doing manual labor for Pharaoh, day after day, week after week, year after year. And when we jump into the story, this had been going on for over 400 years. And we think our problem is long enough. Uh, The children of Israel have been bearing this burden for over 400 years. It seems like that is a good amount of time to, a sta- to establish a tradition. To proclaim a precedent has been set. To be able to write history books. And to teach them about uh, the upcoming generations of where we are as a people. And how we got here. And, and what life is like. They've had plenty of time to do all of that. And, and think about it. We've only been a nation... For little over 230 years, just over about half the time that Israel were slaves in Egypt. And, and so if my math is correct, I, I think that this is the longest time in Israel's history that they were the slaves of a, another nation. We know that they were ca- conquered and taken captive by other nations, but not for this length of time. And I'm not the the history expert, but there are long periods in Israel's history that they were ruled by other nations. But when Jesus was roaming the earth, Israel had been under the rule of the Romans for some nearly 100 years or so. But they weren't living as slaves as they were in Egypt. But nevertheless, the nation of Israel was born out of captivity. They were brought out of captivity. They didn't view themselves as a nation. Uh, They didn't view themselves as this independent uh, nation uh, set apart for God. Maybe they just thought that they were a large family, a really, really large family. But the important thing is is that even though they did not see themselves as a nation, God saw them as a nation. God saw the potential in them. God saw a future in them that they didn't even have the ability to see. They could not see that far. They could maybe not even dream that far uh, into the future. But uh, God saw them as a mighty nation, uh, one that would serve him and rule in righteousness. But God was not the only one that saw them like this. Even Pharaoh saw them as a mighty nation. Exodus 1 and 8, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, Behold, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. If the children of Israel had only known what the Egyptians thought about them and that the Egyptians actually feared them, but Israel was in such a state where well, they could not even see those things. They cannot see past their the, the, what was right in front of them. And I, I'm tired of, of apostolic people who, who don't know who they are and when the enemy knows more about them than they do the enemy fears you more than you realize it. And if we don't wake up, if we don't understand who we are, we are a child of the most high God. Uh, that we don't need to be walking around with our heads hanging down and bound and depressed and, and, and held back by fear and all these things. That is not who we are. We are the people of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We are the the ones who need to see that and to realize that and to believe that because God sees that in each and every one of us and I'm here to tell you the devil sees that in you as well that's why he's after you that's why he's after your faith that's why he's trying to to diminish you because he fears you he doesn't want you to go where God's trying to lead you he's gonna try to cause you to stumble and fall why because he fears you he knows that you are mightier than he is is and so it's time for the apple song we need to wake up and say not today devil i'm reminding you of who my god is and who i am i am a child of god and that is not going to happen anymore in my house and my life why because i have been given more power than you have The sooner the apostolics wake up, the sooner we realize that we can take over the city, that we don't have to fear the darkness. We don't have to fear the devil. We don't have to fear those demons. Why? Because we are the people of God, and God has given us that authority and power over them. If We only knew what the devil thought about us. But as long as we view ourselves as captives and we're, we're, we're held down, we're, we're, we're being uh, rained on and all these, all these storms and situations are happening in, my, in our life, well, yeah, of course. The devil doesn't want you free access. The devil doesn't want a clear path for you. Why? Because the sooner you go down there, the more trouble he is. And so if he can keep you where you're at, if he can keep those distractions in your life, those, those weights in your life, uh, the devil is actually much happier. Because once we realize who we are, that we are mightier than the enemy, and we start binding together in one mind and one accord, we're going to see things we've never seen before. We're going to see revival and miracles and signs and wonders. Why? Because we know every single one of us has the power over the enemy, and we have to wake up every day and realize and believe that and even rehearse that to ourselves. Sure, we may wake up like the Israelites and feel like we're we're slaves to the big man and, and all these things and all these situations and family circumstances and all these things. Yeah, we, we all have those things. But it's, it's there. If we, if we allow it to grind down and wear down our faith, uh, pretty soon we're not going to realize, we're going to forget who we are. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us to forget who we are. Uh, Pharaoh saw their might and their potential God saw their might and their potential, but Israel could not see it because of the conditions that they were living in. And can I tell you this morning that you may be going through some hard times where you get up dreading the day where it seems like it's going to rain all day long and, and dark storms, clouds follow you, blocking the sun, not able to see anything, but God sees something in you and God has a purpose for you and he's calling you to another level, a higher plane in him, a deeper depth and we need to keep our head up and keep taking another step in the direction no matter how hard it may be because we know that God has his way, amen, and we want to be a part of what he has for us. And so the devil sees it. He knows. We just need to see it. We need to see the potential inside of us And so we got to keep our head up, keep fighting, and keep moving forward because one day we will be in a land that flows with milk and honey. We'll be into the promised land. We'll see the promises of God come to pass. And we'll look back and realize, look how far God has brought us. I thought way back there, I thought I couldn't make it. But bless God, I'm here today by the hand of God that we did not give up and give in, but we kept moving forward. And as uh, Paul says, all of these things are not going to be even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so, yeah, we go. We're going through hard times, but if you can just. Just put a pause on that and and, and look forward to the future one day because you're going to look back and say, man, that was not as bad as I thought it was because what God has done in me has made me so much stronger and better now. I'm more of a threat to the enemy than I used to be. And I'm thankful for that storm, for that persecution, for that trial because I came out even stronger than I was before. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be stronger than who we were. Yeah, we had, you had a great service last week and the week before and the week before, that's great. But hey, God's calling us to, to be stronger today and stronger tomorrow and stronger next year than who we are right now. And sometimes we may have to go through something to get to that place. And so the time has come for the people of Israel to become the a, a, a nation of Israel. No, not just the people, but now we're going to call them the nation of Israel. Um, and, and so obviously that is God's will, but the only problem with that is that there's something called man's will. God's will and man's will, they normally don't get along too well, do they? And so God sees the people of Israel as his own nation, and Pharaoh sees them as his workforce. And so, some negotiations obviously are going to have to take place. Uh, somebody's going to have to come out, only one can come out on top um, between God's will and Pharaoh's will, and the stronger of the two is going to prevail. We already know the story, so we, we know. Uh, but living in a postmodern world today, we have a higher intelligence uh, than people who lived 4,000 years ago. But although every now and again you come across some people who may have, must have fell into a time machine or something or a loophole, wormhole, and it's just like, man, where have you been? You know, where, where have you been? And anyone ever met some of these people? They're just like, man, where are you? You, you know, you're, 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 you're not here today. But uh, with, with the advancement of technology, a lot of things today is done without any human interaction. We're fighting wars today with a push of a button, where people sit back and uh, it looks like they're playing a video game, but they're flying drones and they can kill people and shoot missiles, and they're, they're a thousand miles away in some kind of room just playing. looks like a video game, but it's real life. That's the technology that we are with today. Uh, but 4,000 years ago, even uh, a century ago, when you went to war, you gathered uh, able men Uh, And put a weapon in their hand, and you marched out, and you fought in a field. Today, it's a little bit different. It still happens like that, but technology, uh, thankfully, helps remove a lot of the men from the battlefield. And even in the realm of our faith, we know that it's not about picking up a weapon and fighting our enemy. We know that is more than that because though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so we know where our weapons are. It's in the Word of God. It's in His Spirit. And so that's what we call upon. That's what we exercise uh, daily in our life to make sure that we are always ready. But people that lived centuries ago and millennia ago, 4,000 years ago in this story today, they also had the same belief. They too had gods who they worshipped. They too believed that it was more than a physical battle, uh, that there was a warring in the spiritual realm as well. It is our gods versus your gods, and the stronger God was going to win, and Uh, We could see that play out in the physical realm. And so this nation would conquer that nation. Uh, Then the belief was that their god or gods were more powerful than their gods. Uh, And so when uh, often when a nation was conquered, they were forced to worship these gods, these new gods of another country. Why? Because we conquered you, and so obviously our gods must be more powerful than your gods, so you need to worship our gods as well. Uh, And so we can see this point made in Babylon when Babylon conquered Israel. The captives were taken to Babylon and were told to bow down and to worship the Babylonian gods. Why? Because they believed that their gods were more powerful than the God of Israel. But they didn't realize that Israel was backslidden, so God said, uh, I'll let you have them. And so it's one thing for uh, a god to defeat another god uh, but, and then for, for the god almighty to say I'm letting you go and you can, they can have uh, their way uh, and conquer you. Um, But we know that there's only one true God, and we know that all these other gods, they don't really exist, only in the minds of of people. Uh, But I'm thankful that we serve the one true living God. His name is Jesus, and he has all power in heaven and earth. That's why we call upon the name of Jesus, because there is no other God out there. And and so when we know that and we recognize that and with every word that we say of Jesus, uh, we are declaring that there are no other gods. And so, when nations would go to war, they would do their homework, hopefully, and study their enemy, study their strengths and their weaknesses, and they would study their gods. And so, they would know how to engage in, in so-called spiritual warfare, however uh, they may have done it uh, thousands of years ago. They would make requests to their gods to defeat their enemies' gods and all these things. And the the Egyptians had many gods to whom they worshipped. uh, But their one big god, his name was Ra. And he was the king of gods in their mind. He was the god of the sun, which represented life and warmth and growth. Because without the sun, we really wouldn't have much on this earth, would we? And so as the sun rose in the morning, the Egyptians believed that Uh, it was their God, Ra, he was being reborn. And as it traveled across the heavens, he would be fighting against his enemies and he would become weaker and weaker by the day, uh, by the hour, represented by the sun setting. Um, And so Ra, their God, would they believed would die and he would go to the underworld, leaving the moon to light the world and every morning their God would come back up, be reborn. Uh, and so when Moses came to Pharaoh and he said, the God of the Israelites wants us to go and worship him, and we need a three-day journey to do that. Let us go and do that. Well, the Israelites had been slaves for over 400 years, which means their God, the Egyptian God, whoever he was, or, or whoever the Israelites' God was, wasn't as powerful as the Egyptian gods in their minds. Because why are they here then, if if their God is calling them out, uh, why have they been here for four hundred years? Where's where's their God been? And, and so Pharaoh couldn't care less about the demands of the God of the Israelites. He is a nobody in his mind. He has no power over our God because we have his people. And so we are obviously the more powerful nation and and have the more powerful God. And so who is this God that you speak of and, and what is his name? And all he said, Moses said, all he said was I am that I am. I am that I am. So if you're going to go uh, to do spiritual warfare uh, against the God of the sun, you know his strength and his power is, is during the day, and so you would go to fight at night, right, because their God is asleep or dead, whatever whatever they thought, right? A night, a night attack would, would be uh, logical. Uh, but how are you going to do spiritual warfare against the God that is called I am that I am? I am that I am. What, that doesn't speak to any kind of weaknesses. Like where what do you do? How do you fight somebody that says I am that I am? Uh, And so with that, it doesn't sound like he has any weaknesses. It sounds like this God is declaring to be the God of gods and the king of kings. I am that I am is God over everything. He is God over every situation. And so where do I go to get away from this God that I am? Where can I hide from him with a name like I am that I am? Where do I go? The psalmist said, 139... Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I am that I am sounds like that God can go anywhere and is all-powerful and nothing is too great or too small for him so we know that. Uh, Moses knew that. Uh, the children of Israel knew that. But did Pharaoh know that? Did he even care to know? He didn't. And so Moses presented Pharaoh with God's demands and kindly asked him to be granted. And, well, we know that Pharaoh didn't care and he didn't take Moses seriously. And so thus began the spiritual warfare between the God of Egypt and I am that I am. Now, we've come to know this war as the ten plagues. It started out simple and small, giving giving Pharaoh a chance to surrender after each attack, uh, but we know that he didn't because if uh, the Egyptian god was known as the god of life and the god of warmth and growth, uh, the way to show that Ra, their god is powerless would be destroy what he has claimed to be in control of. If 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 their God causes the grass to grow and causes all these things causes life to happen, uh, then the best way to say that He's not in control is to start taking away all these things that they think is because of Him. And so the Nile River was the backbone of life for Egypt, and it still is. And so the first plague was turning water to blood. And so all life is now dead. Dead fish line the banks of the Nile. You can't water the trees and herbs anymore. And so life now is starting to die. First attack. Then come the frogs and lice and flies. And then disease comes in and, sweat and, and takes out their livestock. And, and so uh, the Egyptian god, you're, you're the god of life, right? And so why is everything dying now? I'll tell you why, because the Egyptian God just got introduced to I am that I am, and he's coming to find out that he's not the real God, that there is a greater being out there, there's a higher God out there, and his name is called I am that I am, and there's nothing that the Egyptians can do about it. And so the next play they had was boils, and I've never had boils, and pray to God that I never do or none of us do. Uh, But I've had a tiny blister and that was enough. Take you out. That'll take you out for a day. But having boils all over your body is uh, in the Egyptian hot sun doesn't sound like the life that I'd want to live. And so maybe the boils were a message to uh, that uh, the Egyptian God sent to his people that hey, you guys need to wake up because I'm fighting the God of the Israelites and it really hasn't been much of a fight because I've been taking a beating each and every battle. Uh, And so we see hail and fire is the next uh, battle, followed by locusts who come and devour everything that looked green. And and so if you happen to paint your, your house a leafy green, Uh, you didn't have a house after they left because the locusts were coming for your house because it was green. Sometimes you see those uh, uh, houses in your neighborhood maybe uh, and you're wondering why they chose that color. Uh, Maybe they can pick green and the locusts can come after that. But so after eight plagues, after eight battles between the God of Egypt and the God of Israel, Egypt, the world's superpower who worships the God of the sun, the God of life, the God of growth and warmth, after eight battles, Egypt is desolate. Egypt is uh, destroyed. It's a mess. There, there isn't anything living. All livestock has been killed. All the green foliage and herbs have been wiped out. The only thing that is now left in this superpower of a land is just human beings. It sounds like the God of Egypt and his worshipers have taken a beating from I Am that I Am, and they, they have. But we know it's not over yet, because they didn't. They didn't. They didn't surrender in the beginning. They're gonna have to go through it all. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, it's quicker just to. Find an altar and get that over with soon, and surrender your will and desire. That way, uh, that way you don't have to go through whatever is coming down the way. Uh, what God wants for us is, is humility. He wants us to surrender. Say it's not my will, but your will to be done. It's not my kingdom, but it's your kingdom. And the sooner we realize that, the the better things are for everybody. But Pharaoh, his, his heart was hardened, and uh, he didn't get that message, uh, and so. The only thing that's left is humans, and so the the god of Egypt is not the god of life. They thought he was. If he's the god of life, why is everything dead now? What what happened? What what happened to all these things? But it, it, he is still the the god of the sun, so they can hold on to and claim right. He still rises every morning, uh, and there is still some hope. As long as he controls the sun, life will come back, and he will rule again. So hang in there, uh, the Egyptian God. We, we still believe in you. Don't give up in this battle. We still believe uh, that you are uh, mighty as God, the, the sun God. But enter plague number nine. Uh, Egyptian Exodus 10, the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward the heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt, like that, that true darkness uh, that Brother Pearl was talking about, the darkness that can be felt. And Moses stretched out his hands toward the heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land for three days. Now, for thousands of years, Egypt, the Egyptians have been keeping records, and they know that in the morning the sun comes up. The morning, their god is supposedly is reborn, or whatever whatever belief that they had. But uh, now, all of a sudden, now it's dark for three days, which has never happened before. And it's almost like uh, it's almost like this is just the final blow. It's looked like their god met some other god in the universe, a god that is more powerful than he was, and he got destroyed by the I Am that I am. But if your God is uh, the God of the sun, who all of a sudden now just disappeared for three days, that should get you a little worried, right? It'd get us, get me worried, the sun, we don't see the sun for three days. Uh, But that was their God, and so they really had to be a a, a mess, looking around, there's desolation everywhere, death everywhere. Now all of a sudden their God disappears for three days. But if if your God is the God of the sun, you would think that it would be time to admit to defeat and just to pour salt in their wounds, the scripture says that all the children of light, of, of Israel, had light, that the sun was not dark where they were, but only the sun was darkened where the Egyptians were because in the land of Goshen they'd go and check why is the sun shining over there? Why is our God over here and not, not here with us? We're the ones who worship him. But they didn't realize, well, who, the, who I am that I am is. And he came and he, he's showing them how powerful he is, that he is the one true God, the one living God, and there's no other God beside him. And so sometimes the people of this world have to go through some things to realize who God really is. I had to go through some things. I'm sure we all had to go through some things to realize, hey, uh, I'm not really in charge anymore. I thought I was in charge. I thought I was the God of my life. But, hey, there's a, there's a more powerful God out there. And I realized the sooner that I accept that, the sooner I submit to his will and his desire, the, the better things going to be for me. And, and so, but before Pharaoh was ready to admit that his God was really not a God, he would hold on for one last fight, and in that final plague, God sent the death angel throughout the land of Egypt, and wiped out the firstborn son of everyone who did not apply the blood to their doorposts. Which only Egyptians or the Israelites are going to do that. Egyptians they don't know what that is, and they don't. I'm sure they heard about it, and maybe seen it happening, but they're not. That's not nothing that they do, uh, and so obviously uh, they uh, felt the devastating blow. And the Pharaoh released the Israelites and he set them free. Uh, Because in the ancient times, the firstborn son uh, represented your future. And obviously to us, it still does as well. Uh, But it also represented your legacy, your power, and your wealth be passed on to the firstborn. Why? Because he got the double portion uh, in the the Jewish customs. I don't know what the uh, Egyptian custom was for the firstborn. But well, we know that, obviously, uh, things would be carried on through the firstborn. They would continue the reign and power of your family for the next generation. We see that in the monarchy uh, still today, uh, that it's, uh, uh, it's the firstborn. They become king, and then it's his son becomes king. doesn't matter how many brothers you have. Uh, they weren't the firstborn, and so uh, they uh, miss out on that. But uh, the day that Israel... Or the day that Egypt met I am that I am was the day that they would never forget. And the day that you and I had an encounter with the almighty God is also the day that you and I will never forget. And I don't ever want to forget that. I want to always be reminded that, God, how you saved me, how you brought me so far, what you've done for me. Why? You are who I needed to be. He is who we need him to be. And sometimes we don't realize what it is that we need, but we just still go to God anyways. And we go to him in prayer and be faithful to him. And God will show us and help us through whatever it is that we need. Why? Because he is the I am that I am and he can do anything. And so their current situation, the the Egyptians, their situation was changed uh, by the power of I am that I am. Their future and their destiny was altered. Uh, their children and their grandchildren would hear about the day that the Egyptians met, "I am that I am. When the Egyptian when the God of the Israelites showed up, uh, the, the Egyptians will never forget that day. Uh, and similar to the Egyptians, we remember uh, the day that we encountered Jesus Christ and our lives were forever changed. Our, our future was changed, our destiny was altered. And so the life that we were living was disrupted. Because we thought we had it all figured out. Um, we we were the God of our own life, and we were in control, and we, at least we thought we were. Until we came in contact with I am that I am. When we met him, we realized that we'd been doing it all wrong, that it's all been backwards, it's all been upside down, and now we know that he is the God of the living. He is what brings us life. It is him that sustains us. It's his word that feeds us and, and keeps us going. And so in him we live and we move and we have our being. I'm thankful to know who the one true God is, and I'm thankful that he's just not in heaven, but I'm thankful that he filled us, that he lives inside of each and every one of us. His spirit is in us and that gives us the power to be the people of God. But we just have to remember that and remind ourselves that because as I said earlier, the enemy knows what's happened to our life. The enemy has seen the trans, the transition, the transformation into uh, a worthless sinner to now uh, someone who has power with God and favor with God. And so, uh, again, we need to still remind ourselves uh, every day that, hey, it's God who's done this. It's God who's brought me this far, and he's brought me. He's not going to leave me or forsake me, that he's got something greater for me. We just got to keep on holding on and realizing who we are. Musicians, if you would come. And so we know that God does not change, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he is still the I am that I am. He is still the God of gods and the king of kings, and he still holds all power in his hands, and he is here today in our life uh, today to meet meet our needs. But there came a day where the I am that I am, his will was taken to the next level and he was going to get off his throne and he came to the earth as a man, as Jesus. And so here we see this all-powerful God now is robed in flesh, walking among his people, among his creation Still has the same power. He has not changed, or he has not diminished. He's not a small God. He is the uh, He is God manifested in the flesh. Uh, the I am that I am is there in person, walking and talking with uh, people. And so he one one of these days he encounters the the religious leaders of Israel, and uh, it seems like he get he got in. Uh, uh, many talks and discussions with them because uh, it's, they got stuck and bound by their religion uh, and, and their traditions and all these things and they started making all these things up and, and holding each other to uh, things that are not bound and found in the word of God. And so that's why uh, religion can really hold people back and and bind them. I'm here to tell I'm thankful that we're not a part of religion, but we have an encounter with the one true living God. You can hold on to your traditions and uh, all those beliefs, but hey, once you get in contact with Jesus Christ and realize, hey, all those things don't really matter, right? What I need is to align myself with the word of God to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with his spirit, and then that takes you an open opens up a whole other door you never realized, all because of it, of letting go of what we thought we knew and saying, God, uh, what is it and who are you? And so this day, Jesus uh, was talking to them and they were bragging about uh, Abraham, their father, uh, father of faith and, and the father of the nation of Israel. And, uh, and Jesus said this one little thing, this one little phrase. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And you go and you read those verses, what happened after that. Those guys, they lost their mind. Because that, what what Jesus had just said, he was just declaring to them that I am that I am. Before Abraham was, I am that I am And they didn't realize who he was. They didn't know who Jesus was. Had they known that, they would have bowed down. They would have fell flat on the ground and and worshiped him. But it's amazing what happened. You can be so caught up in things, you don't realize that Jesus is right there in front of you. Uh, The I am that I am, it can show up in your life, in your situation. But we got to be looking for him. We got to be realizing, hey, that's who Jesus, that's Jesus. I know who he is. And I know the power that He has, and so once you realize that, then the sky becomes the limit. In one of these days, uh, Jesus was out in a boat with His disciples, the guys He was training and mentoring and and and, and uh, preparing to take His place once He was uh, His His purpose was gone, and, and a huge uh, storm, and and everyone's. Uh, going crazy. They're all thinking they're going to die. They're saying their last wishes and writing their wills out. And and everything is is going crazy. And here Jesus is um, sleeping in the boat. The reason why they were going crazy and Jesus wasn't is because they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know that he was the I am that I am. They didn't know that he had the power that he did. And what happened when they woke him up, what happens, he stands up and he just says, peace be still. And immediately the storm stopped and the waves calmed down and the sun came out and all of these things. And and even Jesus' own disciples are looking at each other and saying, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the and the seas obey him. Uh, they're just saying to one another, we have no clue who he really is. Uh, we know he's sent from God and all this stuff. But they I don't think they realize that he was actually uh, the I am that I am. That he was God manifested in the flesh. And so uh, our view of Jesus can really determine our outcome, can it? if you don't realize that he can uh, take you and deliver you out of your situation, you might be in your situation a whole lot longer than you need to be, but you need to say, oh God, help deliver me from this. I know that you are my healer. I know what you can do. He is everything to me. He is my healer. He's my deliverer. I know who you are. You are the I am that I am. And so I'm calling to you. I'm pleading to you uh, to deliver me out of this situation. But oftentimes, we as humans, we, we get so caught up in our situation that we can't think cra- clearly that the, the details uh, of, of what's going on, the destruction around us. It it just has our mind going crazy, and we can't think clearly. And so what happens is we start telling God, oh, how bad it is. Oh, oh God, woe is me. What, oh, God, this is happening now. Don't, what, what about all this? And what we should be saying is, God, you are, I am that I am. It doesn't matter what these things are, how big or how small these details are. You are the all-powerful God, and, it, and you can do it anything so when jesus's friend called lazarus died immediately they sent him the word and uh their thoughts and their expectations was when he was sick uh they sent him word and they thought when well when jesus finds out he's gonna he's gonna take the uh the bullet train uh right back home um and uh you know, he's going to be here. He's going he's gonna to help. They knew, they knew that he had the power to heal. And so they, they rushed and got him and said, get, get here, Jesus. We, we need you. Your friend, Lazarus, is sick and he's, he's dying. Uh, and so get here as quickly as you can because we know that you can heal him. But what happened was Jesus kind of took his time. He, he didn't rush back there. He just took his time. Went somewhere else and uh, did some things, but then Jesus finally shows up, and he says, "Where's Lazarus?" And he say, "Well, had you been here, Lord, we know that we know that he would you would have healed him, and he would he would have been here. But, but you know, I don't want to point fingers at you, Lord. But you you took too long. It's your fault he's dead, God. I mean, you didn't show up in time." My time clock says you should have been here three days ago, but uh, you, you, were, you weren't here. And so, uh, but it's, it's amazing what God does and how he wants to bring us through a situation so that he can reveal more about him to us. Because we think we have him all figured out. God is this, this, and this, and all these things. But sometimes we don't think about that God can uh, heal uh, raise the dead. We know that he can heal. We know that he can uh, set people free. We've seen all this stuff. So Jesus, hurry up and get here. Lazarus is dead. When you get here, you're going to heal him and raise him up. But they never thought of the possibility that he can speak to the dead and they can come forth. They never thought about that. See, when we put God in a box, we can easily miss out on a lot of things, can't we? The miracles and signs and wonders that that are not in our box, God's just waiting for us to open to say, okay, do you really think that I can do that? I I know you've calculated everything out and and, and done everything you can, but hey, what about way out here? Uh, Can you come way out here with a little bit of faith and believe that I can do anything because I am that I am, and he is what we need him to be? And so when he shows up, uh, Jesus says, roll away the stone. And they say, well, Jesus, 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 he's been dead four days, four days. Are you sure that you want to do that? And again, they're just telling Jesus all these details. It's It's like they don't want him to do that. It's like they're saying, God, we, we know, uh, we, we're glad you're here, but uh, he's dead and, you know, that's, that, that opportunity is long gone. Um, and Jesus is trying to say, okay, let's, let's, let's revive him. Let's bring Lazarus back. And they're saying, Jesus, no, don't roll away the stone. And so we got to make up our mind. Do we really want Jesus to do everything we want? If so, we got to say, Lord, uh, roll away the stone in my life. What are some of the things that we have locked up inside that we're not letting Jesus get access to? Maybe there's just some old dreams or some uh, things, promises that we thought have died out. But Jesus is saying, hey, that's time. Today we're going to roll away the stone. Push that stone back. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes hopping out of there. And they all lost their mind. Why? Because he is the I am that I am. And they thought they put a box on him. But anything is possible. Why? Because we know that God can do anything. We're not going to put handcuffs on God. We're not going to limit Jesus. We know that anything is possible, even raising Lazarus from the dead. But after that day, I'm sure, after that day, I'm sure they knew, hey, he can do anything. I knew he can heal. I knew he could deliver. I knew he can cast out devils. But I had never imagined God can heal or raise the dead, and and after that they can say anything. God, he can do anything. I wonder what God wants to do in your life that you maybe haven't even thought of the possibility about. Uh, I wonder if there's some situations that we are dealing with right now where we're just like, I don't even know how it's gonna happen. Uh, And and your faith may be so weak and low, and you're not even thinking about how God can do it. I'm here to tell you that he he is what you need Him to be. The I am that I am is here today. What is it that you need from Him? God can do it. There's nothing too great or too small from Him that He can do. We just have to release our faith and say, okay, God, roll away the stone. Just stand with me today. You see, when it, when Egypt finally let go of the Israelites, and they're running out, and they're they're fleeing Egypt, and they were excited, and they they they're, they're joy rejo- rejoicing and, and happy and all this things. But 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 the day came where they faced this massive body of water, and they knew they didn't have any boats, they didn't have any inflatable kayaks or those new paddle boards, whatever people do today now. They didn't have any of those things, and they knew. That unless somehow we get through this water, we're gonna die. They literally thought that they were gonna be slaughtered right there on the banks of that uh, of the Red Sea. But you see, they didn't realize that their God can also just split split water. I, I'm not sure if Moses really knew what was gonna happen, but Moses had the faith. He had seen everything that God had done in Egypt. And so Moses had the faith to, to, to just stretch forth his rod and say, God, whatever you're going to do, we need you to do it today. And that's all God needs. There's millions of Jews right there who had no faith, but uh, there's one man who, stick, who raised up his hand and said, God, I believe. Oh, All God needs is somebody to say, God, I just got a little bit of faith. I just got a mustard seed of faith and I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how you're going to bring me through this situation. But I know that you are, I am that I am. I know that you can be anything that I need you to be. I just believe that you can do something. And the Red Seas parted and they all walked across. We know the story. Sometimes we get so surrounded and so covered. by by our circumstances, that we we can't see the possibility that God is and and who He is, and uh, we get lost in our thinking. There was a day when Jesus went to a wedding feast, a celebration, and they ran out of wine. And so what is... What does his mother do? Mary runs to Jesus. Jesus, they ran out of wine. And Jesus says, what does that have to do with me? I don't drink. It's nothing to do with me. But Mary knew something. Mary knew who he was. And it didn't matter if it was just running out of wine or whatever the situation was. When the situation came up, and the impossibility faced him right there in the face. She, she ran to Jesus and says, I know who you are. You are I am that I am. And I know you can do something about this. And he, he even said, woman, it's not my time. And uh, the Bible doesn't record uh, anything else that Mary said. But you know that she gave her son a look. Jesus, don't give me that excuse. It's not your time. I don't want to hear that. Sometimes we may think, I know we are always waiting for the will of God, and it's not always not on our time. But I wonder if sometimes that God is just waiting for us to exercise some extreme faith and to say, Jesus, you need to do something about this. Jesus, you need to turn this water into wine and right now, we need you right now and uh, I, I know you' you have a plan and a purpose, but right now god I, I have nothing left i I'm at, at the end of my road I, I don't know what to do and so sometimes maybe we have to push God a little bit and say God, I need you today I need you right now because I know who you are I know that you are the I am that I am, and I know no matter what it is, I believe in you and I see that you have all power in heaven and earth and so Today, I'm calling on you, Lord. Today, I need you to do something. Today, I need you to intervene and to help give me some hope, give me some life, give me, give me some, a sign that help me get me out of this situation. And so I want to open up these altars today to, for you to have an encounter with the I am that I am. What is it that you're facing? How dark is the sky for you Don't let that erode and eat away your faith because the I am that I am is here. Don't, 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 Jesus is here and let's not look at him and say, who are you? Why are you saying those things? No, we need to have that Mary type of faith and say, Jesus, you need to do something today. God, I've been dealing with this for long enough. God, you need to do something today. And I believe that if you come down here with that type of faith, God's going to touch you today. God's going to bring you out. God's going to do something in your life. Does anyone here believe that? anything is possible today we sing the songs about it we, we dance about it, uh, about miracles, signs, and wonders, but is anybody here can release their faith and say, hey, if nobody else, God, I'm going to step out and say, God, I need you. God, I see you for who you are. Would you come? Come on, bring your needs. Bring your impossibility. Bring your storms. Bring your trials and say, God, you are the I am that I am. You're going to do something today. I'm releasing my faith, God, whatever I have left, God. Come on, will you come? Jesus is here. And death is alive. He is what you need him to be today. But you need a healing. I believe above. he can heal you today. Doesn't singing, matter yes, what the doctors have said. Singing, we know who Jesus is. We know who he is. We know the power holy, that he has. God if there's only one Lord, I'm gonna raise my hand we got a situation, Who is worthy, he is what we need him to be today, undecided. hallelujah, come on, God, we release oh, your faith, glory. we abide together, will you pray, God, am. we want you to have your way today, hallelujah, we don't want to put you in a box, hallelujah, holy, holy. hallelujah, God, your Red Sea. Our God can part that sea. He can part that problem. Release our faith today in this place.